0: Good morning, everybody. Good uh, Excited to join you this morning. My name's Joe, and uh, yeah, 11 years uh, to be a part of this family has been an exciting thing. It's been a journey. Um, some of our kids know what it's like growing up in California, and then our youngest, she's like, Utah's everything. That's all she's experienced, and uh, one of those going away gifts from California, I think. Uh, we're excited about our series of the Holy Spirit. If this is in any way new to you, you're not alone. We are great at preaching messages on Jesus. We're even really good at preaching messages on God. But the third part of what the Bible says, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. I mean, we pray that part, and you know, we'll baptize you in the name, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But we don't talk about the Holy Spirit very much. I wonder why that is. Maybe it's because uh, some of us have come from different places where the experience to that was awkward or unexplained. And it became something that made us feel a certain way. And so instead of pressing in to discover God and His Spirit, we pulled back and said, you know what? (laughs) I'm good still, though, right? I mean, if you know Jesus and you know God, you, that's probably enough God to know, right? You're like, I'm good. I think I've got my path to heaven. Holy Spirit will put you on the side. That is uh, not that, that different from a lot of us, but I, I'm excited about this series because we're on a journey discovering together that God desires to be close to us. How many of you are glad that God desires to be close to us? It's closer than you think. I won't do this all day, I promise, but say it's closer than I think. Because God started the journey amongst us. God would come down in like a pillar of fire or he would light that bush on fire. God was amongst us. And then as we came to know him and have a relationship with him, if you read in the Old Testament, he says, I'll be your God, you'll be my people. Now it was God with them. How many are glad that God is with us? When you talk about the Holy Spirit, this is the part where it's God in us. Not with us or amongst us, it's God in us. I'm going to tell you, this is a whole different experience. And it's something that's important for us to understand because it's not something that happens to us, it's something we invite to happen. You don't accidentally come to know Jesus, you don't accidentally get saved, it's a choice. You invite him to come into your life and change you, right? You don't accidentally get water baptized. I mean, you could slip into a pool or somebody pushed you, but that is not the same thing. Jesus wasn't just walking one by and he tripped into the Jordan and they're like, well, God came down and he was like, that's the first time he's had a bath. So, hey, I'm proud of my son for getting clean. No, it's a choice. It's something we choose. You you get water baptized by choice. If you've never been water baptized, it's right there. We'll, we'll dunk you anytime. We do need to put water in it, probably. But we have a thing. You can go online. You can sign up for that. Please do. It's an important part of our journey. I think I was probably nine. I came to know Jesus when I was young. I'm blessed. My parents, they were followers of God, and they invested. They worked extra jobs so we could go to a Christian school. Things I understand now, I'm like, whoa, that's love. Before, you're like, that's what everybody does, right? You're like, no. They were investing into our lives and investing into our ability to come to know Jesus at the youngest of ages. So I came to know Jesus when I was five or six. I knew something inside of me that I needed him and that there was something inside of me that was broken and that without him, I just couldn't be fixed. I felt like that was powerful to know and I discovered him and I invited him into my life. And when I was around nine, I saw people getting baptized at church and I heard the guy talking and he said, you know, this is for everybody. Every follower of Christ should be baptized. This is the outward expression of what God is doing on the inside. This is how you tell the world you're a follower of Christ. I said, I don't really know that many people. I'm only nine, but I want to tell everybody I know. So I signed up I said, how do I get into this next? But it wasn't for several years until I further understood what the Holy Spirit was that I came to that decision. We're gonna talk about that more in a minute. But I want you to know that there's a decision to be made about the Holy Spirit being in your life. And I want you just to be open and sensitive to what God would say to you today, okay? For God to be in us and work through us, it requires us to really apply what he wants to talk to us about today. Now, I've been in lots of places, and they say lots of different things. Hear that. They say lots of different things about the Holy Spirit and even the need for him and his gifts in us today. So we're just going to look at the Bible and see what it says. Is that okay? Because I make mistakes. I say wrong things sometimes. So what does God say about it? That's always what's most important to me. Before I go much further, um, I feel like the Holy Spirit is like a Christian vegetable. Not from like Bob the tomato or anything like that, but how many of you when you were younger, you know, you were all about like, let's have the macaroni and cheese, let's have the chicken nuggets. I'm good with meat, I'm good with pastas, but when it comes to those veggies, push them back. And if you have kids who are looking at their vegetables and going like, what do you mean I can't get up from the table until I finish my vegetables? These are weird. They are too colorful for me. They don't have ketchup on them. I don't want them. The Holy Spirit has been pushed back by lots of people because they don't understand him or they've never tried him. They've not invited him into their life. How many of you have ever heard your mom or somebody say, just try them. You'll like them. And maybe they smothered them with cheese first, right? Right? Maybe you got to start somewhere, right? We got to get these vegetables into so- this kid somehow. But the Holy Spirit has been pushed aside because it's like, well, there's a little, it's, it's a spirit. Like, what do, there's just more understanding to, to get to know Him. Because we've talked in this series that the Holy Spirit is a person, it is God. And He loves us. We love the Bible buffet where we talk about the meat and we talk about the potatoes, but we skip over the parts that we don't understand. Or is that somebody, there's even been people who say, just skip over that part, just skip over that part. The main thing, keep the main thing, the main thing. God has so much more for us. God's promise is not just that we focused on one part of who he is. He desires to discover him completely. We're going to talk today about three, throw them up, three baptisms for all Christians that are found in the Bible. Scratch your head. Three? Three. There's three. We're supposed to receive them all. So many of us are unaware of at least one of them. The gift that's from Jesus and it's necessary say that nicely. It's necessary to be the mature Christian that Jesus intends us to be. If you want to be a follower of Christ who God is moving through, he says this is important. So important, it's necessary. Holy Spirit's gotten a bad rap. I'm here to clear him of his rap today. Because you desire to hear what Jesus says about him, God's heart for it, and make your own decisions. We're going to look first in John 14, verses 16 through 20. Jesus is talking to his disciples, his best friends, and he says, I'm going to ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it doesn't see him and it doesn't know him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. It says, For he lives with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live in, because I live, you will also live. And on that day. You will realize I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus has this conversation. He goes, hey, I'm going to be leaving soon. And he says, the way that we're going to be close is that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, an advocate, a helper. And instead of just being with you, he's going to be in you. The Bible clearly shows three different and distinct baptisms. One, we're baptized. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. The Bible says that God draws us to himself like this, like pulling on, pulling on us with his loving kindness. The Bible teaches us that it's the Holy Spirit working on us from the outside, encouraging us to say, what I felt when I was young, that I was broken, that I was a sinful person. You can be six years old and realize that you are a sinner and you are lost without him. You can be 60 and discover that. It doesn't matter your age, but that is the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit working. He says he comes to teach us and to help us, but also to convict us into righteousness. He lets us know that we're, we got things that are messed up in our lives. Anybody else have messed up things in your life and need God to come and change that? The Holy Spirit is the one that brings us into Jesus. He says that he brings us into a place where we go like, I need Jesus. I need salvation. That is our repentance and belief in Jesus. We are saved through his blood. That is a baptism. Don't get too weird, okay? That is a baptism of blood. It is his blood that sets us free from sin. When he died on the cross, it's his baptism for us to know, we can be saved. Our lives can be changed. So the truth is, if you experience that first baptism, if you say, I want to be saved, I want to know Jesus, you will be saved. He says, whoever asks will receive. If you've never done that, today you should do that. You can do that from your seat right now. Just go, yes, God, I want that. I want to know you. I want to be forgiven of all my sins. If you're watching online, right there, you just go, yep, yeah, me, me. It doesn't require you to do a cartwheel. It just requires you to ask. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, the Holy Spirit is the one who reveals Jesus to us. And then we repent and we believed and are saved. We don't even get the Jesus thing until the Holy Spirit shines a light on it for us. See, so he's here and he's amongst us. Do you know right at the beginning of Genesis, at the beginning of the world, It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It says, the earth was formless and without void. But it says, and the Spirit hovered over the waters. God's presence was already here. As soon as he created it, he says, Holy Spirit, go be there. So the Holy Spirit has been waiting for us. He's like, I'm going to point the way to Jesus. That is the first baptism. The second baptism is the disciples baptize us in water. Followers of Christ baptize other people in water. Romans 6, 3 and 4 says, We're baptized, when we're water baptized, we're buried with Jesus into his death. Our old life is put away. When we get water baptized, it's a conscious decision to show the world, like, look, the old me is gone, the new me is here. So important that Jesus did it. Jesus didn't need to be water baptized. Jesus didn't have sin, but he was water baptized. He says, this is what you should do. And at that moment, we've shared in this series, says that God's presence through the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a void, and God spoke audibly, this is my son with whom I'm pleased. The second baptism is the baptism of water. There's the baptism of blood where we're saved and the baptism of water where we make that expression to the world. There are people who will, who will say, stop, we just don't really need to go any farther because the Holy Spirit is with us, right? I already, I already sense the Holy Spirit in my life. That is true, 100%. Then why is all this here? Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. Why did he tell his best friends, I'm going to send somebody else? You need this. All four Gospels, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all four of them, those are called the Gospels. In Matthew 3.11, Mark 1.8, Luke 3.16, John 1.33, they tell us that Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. All of them heard it. All of them saw it. They all caught it. They were all like, what did he say? Oh, he's the one who does that. When we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, we are filled with his presence. We're empowered to live our lives following his plan for our whole lives. God comes to live in us. It's different than God being amongst us and God being with us. Now he's in us. But this doesn't just happen. This doesn't happen just accidentally accidentally. It is a choice like the other ones. 1 John 5, 7, 8 would show all three of these are important. It says, for these are the three that testified, the spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. All three testify that Jesus is the Christ, our Savior, born of God. It is all part of the journey of knowing God. when Peter preached pretty much like the most famous sermon for anybody after Jesus, they had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. He comes out, he's got his no message prepped. Nothing he'd been thinking about all week. But what he does say is this. He says, repent and return to God. Each one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus, the Holy Anointed One, to have your sins removed. Then you can take hold of the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the gift of the Holy Spirit is not not part of salvation. It's a separate thing. God's desire is to gift us with his spirit of power, the Holy Spirit. It's a separate thing, but it's an awesome thing. I've heard it said that it was just for those people starting the church, that it was only necessary for the church to start. How many other things do we say it's not important for today? Because, like, it's pretty close. When Jesus told his best friends, you need to wait for this, he also told them, go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Was that just for them? Or was that when, do, when does that stop? Which parts do we pick? How do we push our vegetables away for the parts that we don't know or don't like? Because God's desire is to gift us with his Holy Spirit, the spirit of power. Five years later, in case you were thinking maybe it was just for those people, five years later in the book of Acts 8, 12 through 17. So, I mean, you're like, they wrote the whole book in like one week, right? This is a journey of the the beginning of the church. It's the acts of the church of God being built. Chapter 8, it's five years later from when Peter preached that message we just talked about. People were told to believe, then they were water baptized, and they were prayed for to receive the Holy Spirit. It says, but as Philip preached the wonderful good news of the God's kingdom, it says, then the name of the Jesus, the anointed one, many believed his message and were baptized, both men and women. Amen to that, right? This is not just a message for men, for women, for young, for old, it's for everybody, it says even Simon believed and was baptized. And can you think about being Simon? You're kind of like the add-on. You're like, what are you trying to say? Why don't you just say everybody I was included in it? Why you got to like Oh, even Simon was? Like, oh, man, what was his rap? Like did everybody there know like Simon's a little bit of a guy? But even Simon was baptized. So, Simon, he says even Simon can be baptized. I'm good for that because sometimes I really don't feel like I'm part of the the main crew. Like, I struggle. I really need God's help. And he goes, you could be a Simon. He goes, even Simon's included. It's for everybody. (laughs) Wherever Philip went, Simon was right by his side, astounded by all the miracles, signs, and enormous displays of power he witnessed. You see, when you're filled with God's Spirit, God's allowed to work through you. Do I believe that Philip did all that? Mm-mm. I believe that he was a vessel for God to do those mighty things. It says when the apostles, when those first disciples that we heard, they, they gave them a name change. They gave him a title upgrade after Jesus left. They go, you once were disciples, now you're apostles. Okay. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the Samaritans had accepted God's message of life, when they had chosen to follow Jesus, it says they sent Peter and John to pray over them so they would receive the Holy Spirit. If I read that, that tells me that's to receive the Holy Spirit and to believe in Jesus are two different things. It's not a simultaneous thing. It says, for they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Wait, they believed and they were water baptized. But they sent the apostles on a trip to go and pray for them that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. One, two, three. It was important enough that the apostles, the leaders of the church said, you haven't finished the journey that God has for you. To do all that God's called you to, to be all that he he wants to live in you. And it says as soon as Peter and John arrived, they laid their hands on the Samaritan believers, one after the other, and it says the Holy Spirit fell on them and filled each one of them. Each one of them. Acts 19, 25 years later. It says, while Apollos was ministering in Corinth, different city too, we're in a different place. If you're, you're like, Corinth sounds like Corinthians. Yeah, that's, he wrote the book to the people in the city of Corinth. They were called Corinthians. They couldn't have done Utahns because nobody knows how to spell that. They're like, <laughs> What? Even worse, this, this is in the city of Uinta. People are like, nobody knows how to spell that. If you're a Uintan, whatever, they're like, Corinth, let's do that. While ministering in Corinth, Paul traveled through the regions of Turkey until he arrived to Ephesus, where he wrote the book of Ephesians 2. says he found a group of 12 followers of Jesus, and the first thing he asked them, man, the first thing I asked people after a long trip, I was like, do you have any water, or can I sit down? For him, he's got to be tired and dusty. The first thing he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you became believers? He's saying, when you started following Jesus, did, did you ask for the Holy Spirit? Did, you, did that happen for you? They said, no. We never even heard of a Holy Spirit. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands. But there are people here today, there are people here watching online with that same experience. They said, I know Jesus, but I don't know this Holy Spirit because nobody tells me about him. That's why we're here. And Paul said, then what's the meaning of your... How did you get baptized? And they said, uh, it meant that we would follow by John's teaching, by water. They were baptized in water. And he goes, okay, that's, that's not a bad thing. He goes, John's baptism is for people turning from their sins. They're saying to the world, look, I've made a change. And he taught you to believe in the one who is coming after him, Jesus, the anointed one. When they understood this, it says they were baptized into the authority, the power of Jesus, the anointed one. And when Paul laid his hands on each one of them, the Holy Spirit manifested. It says immediately they began to speak in tongues and they prophesied. So much so God filled them and he began to put gifts into their life. We don't chase gifts, we chase the Holy Spirit. How he chooses to work through us is totally secondary. If you want to talk more about that at a later time, let's do that. But the truth is, when they prayed, God answered. When, when they said, oh, I want to be empowered by God to do what he wants me to do. Not so they could be on YouTube and get famous. But so that the world would be made different. That they would come to know Jesus and that their lives would be drastically changed for the better. Because God's desire is to gift us with his spirit of power, the Holy Spirit. When Jesus told his best friends to go into all the world and preach the gospel, he thought it was important. In fact, he told them that they should baptize people. They should dunk them in water. So if you've never done that, you should do that. It's important. And it's powerful. Those same friends, after Jesus had died and rose again, he didn't just immediately go to heaven. If you haven't read some of that, read the end of the book, the beginning of Acts 2. It says that Jesus was amongst them for days and days. He ate with them. He talked with them. He taught them to show them the power that he had defeated death but also so he could have some important conversations. How many of you, you, finish, you hang up on a phone call, and you're like, oh, I meant to say this, and I wanted to say one more thing. That's what Acts chapter 1 is. Jesus was like, just a couple more things, actually. Just a couple more. Hold on. In Acts chapter 1, verse 4 and 5, he tells his friends, his best friends. First, let me, let me preface this. Did you know that the disciples, the followers of Christ, that he sent them out early. Like if you read, it's like Matthew five or six, he's already sending them out to tell people about God's kingdom that is here. And he says, pray for people and they'll be healed. And if there's some demons or stuff, we, we we can talk about that again later too, but he says they were casting out demons. They were doing the things of Jesus. Isn't that great? They were still learning, but they were doing what God was telling them to do. And here's what he says to them in Acts. They'd already done all that stuff. You're like, they've got to be the most prepared, ready to go people that you could ever think of. The most mature believers possible. Yet yet Jesus says this to them. He says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me tell you about. He says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus told the best of the best, the best quote-unquote Christians, that going forward and to do the things that he had asked them to do required the Holy Spirit. So much so, he says, just wait. Wait. He thought it was so necessary for them to be empowered to do what he had asked them to do. Doesn't that make sense? He says, here's now what I want you to do. Now, let me give you the power to do that. Sometimes we're so busy doing our thing. He's like, you don't have the power to do that. You can't can't do that. You need my presence in you to empower you to do that. There's only so much you can do in your own strength, your own power. Why would you try to do it on your own? Let me live in you. Let me help you. I think I'm going to show my age right here. You're like, you're not even old. (laughs) Thank you. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down. I'm going to take this in. When I was younger, we didn't have superhero superheroes. There was guys like this, like Popeye. Popeye the Sailor Man, he was one of those cartoons. I think these cartoons are from like the 30s to the 70s or whatever. Popeye always had this can of spinach somewhere in his pocket or whatever, but he was always going through a journey where he was in trouble. Somebody was beating him up, Stealing his girlfriend from him. He was surrounded by all these enemies. Stuff today, they probably canceled the show for all the, all the things. <laughs> I was watching some clips. I was like, maybe I'll show this clip. And I was like, wait, there's like 15 Indians surrounding him. I was like, uh, don't, don't even get in there. It's, the Cowboys and Indians era is over. But when Popeye would get beat down and he would get hurt, there was one thing, just one thing that would change His whole journey, he had to get powered up. He needed his veggies. First off, if you try to get your kids to eat spinach because you show them this, it's not going to work. But it applies. Popeye was weak without his spinach, but he just seemed to always have it around. See, the, the Holy Spirit was with him. The spinach was with him. But until it was in him... He had no power. Show him the next uh, Popeye one. See, it's a process for him. The first one, he's got it with him. You're like, I don't see it. It's in his pocket. It just always was. Because whenever he needed it, he didn't go to the store. He didn't open a cabinet. It was always like under his arm or somewhere. Or maybe it was hiding in a forearm. I I don't know. But then when he realized he really needed it, he said, let's do this. And he would put the spinach in him. And then he would go through a thing, like if you watched the videos, like his arms would get bigger, his muscles would go like this, and they would show like tanks inside of him. He was filled with power. And then he would knock them all out, and he was saved. Or the person he was trying to save was saved. If this doesn't show you the, the need for the Holy Spirit to be in you, it's different than the Holy Spirit being with you. Being filled with the Holy Spirit is not weird. Spinach is weird. (laughs) But the Holy Spirit is a person. He's actually not a vegetable. We're going to stop that illustration right there, okay? Okay? That was an illustration to prove, show a point. The Holy Spirit is a person. We already did that message last week and the week before. If you've come into... An experience where the Holy Spirit was weird, people are weird. Because Jesus isn't weird, and God isn't weird. Guess what? The Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they're one. You don't, they're, one of them's not like the crazy uncle. <laughs> they're all one. When they're one, they're, you get the same type of experience when you connect with all of them, that God is loving and he's kind and he wants to bring good life change to us. He's the giver of good gifts. We're saying he's the good, good father. And if the good father promises good things, what does he do? Give you something weird? No. In fact, there's a verse in Luke. I want to read it to you. I think this is powerful and it helps me. I hope it helps you. He's, he goes through this story and he says, hey, if you ask for something good, like if your kids asked for an egg, would you give them a rock? And if they asked for a fish, good luck asking for your kids to ask for fish. I hope they do. Maybe fish sticks? I don't know. Probably not even that. Chicken nuggets, let's just change. He goes, would you give them a snake? Because everybody who's a parent goes, no. If my kids, if they ask for an egg, I'm not going to sneak a rock in there that would hurt them. And I'm not going to torment them from life by sliding a little snake in there. This is what he says. If imperfect parents know how to lovingly take care of their children and give them what they need. Another version says, and give good gifts to them. How much more will the perfect heavenly father give the Holy Spirit's fullness when his children ask him? Are we we mistaking that he's going to give us a, a bad gift when we ask for a good gift? I think it's part of our journey to discover exactly what he wants to give us and receive it. The Holy Spirit baptizes us into Jesus. The disciples baptize us into water. And Jesus baptizes us into the Holy Spirit. There's three separate ones. And part of the Christian journey is saying yes and inviting God into our lives in all those areas. Maybe you're nervous to ask. I was 12 years old. And I was at a summer camp with a bunch of kids. It was a Christian summer camp. It wasn't like science fair or anything like that. And they were talking about the Holy Spirit. And I'm so glad that they did because my life was changed. But my life wasn't changed because I was one of those bold young men who was like, yeah! Because they invited people. They said, hey, if you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit, just come up. We want to pray with you. And tons of kids went up. I mean, I would have been part of the crowd. But I was so scared I was probably bigger than the people who were going to pray for me. But I was scared. (laughs) Is it okay to say I'm really shy sometimes? And I'm afraid of what people will look at me and think. I really struggled with that when I was young. That was part of what the Holy Spirit helped me through. So you know what I did? I was sitting like kind of in the back in my chair. And I prayed this prayer. I said, God, if you can fill them up there, you can fill me right here. And I said, I want you to come and fill me with your spirit. And he did. And it wasn't weird. But I've lived an empowered life since then. Where when I was weak, he was strong. That same shy person sort of lives in here. But guess who else lives in here? The Holy Spirit, filled with power. How do you go from not even wanting to walk in front of the stage to wanting to be on the stage? I don't want to be on the stage. But he's given me a message to share, and I say yes to that. He's got a purpose and a plan for all of our lives, and so inviting him to live in us is a big part of saying yes to that and a big part of learning to tune our ears to what he wants us to do today. There's lots of great verses that says we are made perfect, and he wants to do good things in us each and every day. Part of that is when we're filled with his spirit, we learn to better hear the spirit of God speak to us or prompt us from the inside. We go, I think I should help them. Oh, I think I... Can I give you an example? Earlier, they talked about like um, if you wanted to help somebody. Like, you're driving and you see somebody who's in need. Maybe they've got a sign. Oh, here, have a backpack. When we were... uh, We had an opportunity one of those times and somebody didn't buy one of the backpacks. So I said, you know what? I'll buy that backpack. So I kept it in my car and I had a person who's literally sleeping outside of my house. So I uh, <laughs> lovingly invited him to leave. I really did. And then, as he was walking down the street, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, what are you doing with that backpack? It looked, I mean, I brought somebody right to your door who needs your help. I would, I've prayed prayers since, like, God, help me to be more aware so you don't have to bring them to my door. <laughs> but if you want to be used by God, he will use you. And if he has to have him knock on your door or sleep on your porch or whatever, he will. I chased the guy down. Not very quickly, but I chased him down and gave him. He was shocked. He ended up sleeping on some but other neighbor's thing. And eventually, somebody called the police and said, "We're not sure who this is, and can you help him make sure he's okay?" And and so they did come. And uh, I was driving by, and I said, "Oh, I saw him. He actually was here." And and they're like, "We don't know where he got this backpack." And I said, "Oh, I gave it to him." They're like, "Why would you give him a backpack full of stuff?" He looks like he needs it. And then I was like, "My church is encouraging us to think about other people, and how can we, how can we help?" And they go, oh, that's really cool. See, God living in me helps me to allow God to flow through me. Because that's the end part of the journey. God amongst us and God with us for God to be in us and flow through us. I'm I don't have any more to share today except for I want to get to the point. How many of you like that? You're like, man, we never get those people to get to the point. (laughs) Here's the point. All three of these are important things in your life. If you've never committed your life to follow Jesus, that is a choice. I want to encourage you. It's changed my life dramatically. It will change your life for the better in every way possible. If you've never been water baptized, it doesn't save you. But it is a powerful statement to the world about the choices you've made. You can sign up. We'll baptize you. We will dunk you. You will come up. And you'll go, I feel like a load has been lifted. Like the old thing is gone and the new me is here. And the third one is, I believe that every single follower of Christ should be filled with the Holy Spirit. So did the apostles. They got in the minivan and drove all the way to that city and they said, we heard that you have received Christ. Have you received the Holy Spirit? And when they said no, they said, stop then. Let's pray. So today I want to offer you that. If you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, you've never invited him to come live in you, you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, those all words mean the same thing. You just need to ask. I'm going to invite some of our leaders and pastors and people to be up here to pray with you. Like like I said, the apostles, they prayed with them. They put a hand on them and they said, God, come fill them. That's what they're asking. And God filled them. And I'm going to do this. If you don't want to come up because you are like 12-year-old me and you're like, I am not walking up there. Or you're online and you say, oh, I can call somebody and talk to them. Can I just do it in my living room and ask him? You can. You can do it from your seat. You can do it from the front. You can do it from your couch. But you can invite the Holy Spirit into your life and he will come and fill you with his power. We're not seeking his gifts and all that stuff. We're seeking his presence. So I don't have anything else to say besides that. I want to pray with people who want to be prayed for. I want people in their seats to do that. So in a minute, I think Adam has a couple wrap-up things he needs to do. I want to thank you for joining us online and here in person. Um, I'd love for you to do their things, and then if you'll turn some music on so people can pray in their own place, and then we'll do that. Thank you, Joe. Um, Our at-home audience, I want to thank you for being here today. And uh, I can't believe it, but next Sunday is Easter. So would you please come back and join us online at Easter, 1030, same time. Thank you for being here.